Hello and welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd, as usual, and Brother Barnabas. Both of you guys have not been on in the last like well, month or so, so yeah, what's gonna, up I was going to say, you really can't say as usual, because uh, what was it, last week that we were recording, I, I slept through the episode that I was supposed to be on, and the week before, I, it's just, it's been hectic, because... A lot of crazy things have been happening in my life, but not as crazy as poor brother Barnabas. Hello. <laughs> Thank you, Lino Ruli. Oh, hey, you know who Lino Hello. Of course. I, I listen to Lino all the time in the car. Hello. <laughs> when we went to Rome, not to change the subject real quick, but when we went to Rome when I was in the seminary, um, we met Lino Ruli. And in oh, fact, wow. I was having a Twitter battle with him. Um, it'd be really funny if he got this, somehow heard about this or something, because um, I called into the show a few times to give him hell for this. When we went to Rome, we were flying back, and um, we ran into Lino at the airport, and we were getting on the same flight to New York City. And um, he tweeted out, that, well, he first said to us, man, I, maybe I should give one of you guys my um, first-class seat because, you know, you, you guys are the future of the church. One of you should get it. And he was talking with me and um, – Father, um, oh gosh, it was uh, one of the guys from Covington, and uh, now I've completely forgotten who it was. I can't remember who it was, but we were chatting there anyway, and he tweets this out to all of his followers, and um, he says, yeah, I was going to give them my uh, first class seat, but I thought better of myself. I need it more. I deserve it more. And so I used to give him hell for that on Twitter. Um, you know, hey, wait a minute, Lino, you know, that was my seat you took. And then I called in a few times and gave him hell on the radio show. So it'd be funny if he heard this somehow. Hello. Hello. I used to listen to Lino all the time whenever I worked in the monkey lab. It was I can imagine. Well. <clears throat> anyway, back to you, Vince. No, we want to hear about why it's been a crazy life for you the oh. last few weeks. Oh, okay. Well, I am uh, here at St. Vincent Arch Abbey slash college slash seminary slash parish slash gift shop and um <laughs> i've been in and, quarantine hey, hold on. Like, and soon to be slash brewery right so, oh man no if, not happening uh, okay all right That's if everyone listening this donates a certain amount of money we can bring back the brewery I you promise. heard it everybody <laughs> what is the arch habit gonna say now we have it on the show listen the, when, when the you write your habit. check when you write your check you have to specifically put in for the brewery only and then they'll have That's to right. it. they'll have to <laughs> But um, yeah, I've been in I've been in and out of quarantine. This whole COVID madness, um, especially when you live at an institution that has like all these rules and stuff, then it yeah. just it's it's kind of crazy. So that's been kind of fun. Uh, I also have night class this semester, so that's throwing me off from you guys' normal recording time. So uh, I was joking on the uh, on the the pre-show or whatever we call it uh, that I'm happy to have you guys all to myself again, like the good old days. So I'm glad to be back. Good to have you back. So Thanks, I, man. you know, um, AJ, he is a deacon now. And De you're, yeah. Deacon and AJ. AJ that's right. Me. That's and, right. And, and you're not. So what's up with Correct. that? You slacker or what? Well, <laughs> I I failed a couple clubs. No. So <laughs> his diocese just, they, uh, they his bishop once, once likes to do it early, earlier in general. Like they, I think traditionally 
do it around Holy Week. They always do it the Saturday morning before Palm Sunday because the bishop wants to give the guys, and I think it's a really nice idea, give the guys two years as deacons for um, the Triduum in their parish assignments, um, which I think is a, a really helpful thing in our uh, like formation because then you can really learn the Triduum um, in a different way and it, it does help, at least in my experience, it does help to know the Triduum inside and out when it comes to parish life. You see, I was just hoping it was because Barnabas is a slacker and we could make fun of him, but I guess not. I mean, that's also true, but it's, <laughs> you know, what do they call that when it's like, a, it's true, but not the actual reason? Um, so yeah, hopefully, if I, as long as everything goes well, I would be or, I'll be ordained a deacon in May. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. I hope, I hope that, you know, with... With the way COVID is going, and everything. I hope that we can be there for it, because I was really sad I, I couldn't be there for AJ's today. Yes, this past weekend. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I think so. I don't know a lot of details. The thing is, in the monastery, we just get—I don't get a lot of details. They're just no. like, "This is this yeah. is the date." I'm like, this okay, is happening. can I bring? Can I tell my mom to come? You know, they're like, "Sure." <laughs> I'll be your mom. No, it, traditionally, we'll traditionally, be, we'll it's be fine, your parents with COVID. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Actually, right, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we learned how to do baptisms the other day in class. Um, and like I was the dad and one of the other seminars <laughs> was the mom. It was just weird. Yeah. Like, we need some actors in here. Yeah. Did is Father Cyprian still teaching that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh He's yeah. Great. And the demon baby comes back to life. Chucky. The, Chucky. the baby doll's name is Chucky. <laughs> I baptize you, Chucky. What name do you decide to give it? Chucky. <laughs> not Charles, not Charlotte, or whatever you want to call the female version. Chucky. That's right. All right. So to our subject. So, okay. By the time this show airs, yeah, uh, this will be in the middle of Holy week. And I've been saying for the last couple of weeks here is uh, Lent is flying by and I can't believe it's nearly Easter. So what I really wanted to talk about tonight, especially now that uh, Barnabas is on with us is what does Easter look like as a monastic? What happens um, at the Arch Abbey there that, you know, maybe, I, you know, uh, Father Andy and I can't experience. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, even, even tonight, uh, today is Tuesday of Holy yeah. Week. And even tonight at Vespers with the monks, we have something every year, which is called like, um, a penitential Vespers service. So we do normal Vespers, right? We do, we chant the Psalms, but, um, we include within it, an opportunity for um, some of our superiors, our uh, second and third in command, the prior and sub-prior, they get up and they read an examination of conscience out loud for all the monks according to St. Benedict's tools of good works. You know, so just think of a lot of things like you find in the commandments and also just like general kind of things that you should be doing or not be doing in the monastery. And I love the last one in the list, it's a whole litany of things. It begins with do not murder. Like, okay, good. I didn't do that one. Like what else is there? It's like respect others the way you want to be treated. They just slowly, and you know, go through this list so that each one you can hear it and say, all right, I'm going to examine this. But the very last one on the list that we read tonight was do not despair in the mercy of God. Do not despair or something like that. Do not have despair in, in the greatness of God's mercy, um, mm. which I think is a cool way to end it. So anyway, we do, uh, we started out with kind of a unique thing there. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, 
Um, what do we do anything tomorrow? Uh, no, it's it's a little weird because we normally have like school as well, so we're, yeah. we're finishing up our classes. But once we dive into uh, into Holy Thursday, um, in in many ways, our Holy Thursday, uh, we have a parish connected to our monastery, so we also kind of try to combine our masses so that people can come. Um, so we do have uh, like Mass of the Lord's Supper on Thursday night, um, which is cool. And the neat thing is we also have kind of like festive meals uh, either before or after each one of our big masses. So like tomorrow or Thursday night, we'll have a, uh, like a nice meal. Um, I think, I don't know if we have, we might have lamb or something just like to be like Passover ish, Yeah, you know, which is kind of neat. It's a pretty simple meal, but it's still kind of like symbolic. Um, so once we get into Holy Thursday, um, it's neat because the, the, the abbot, he picks a different monk, a different priest to preach because the abbot, he he's the one that celebrates each mass, but he picks, into, picks a different monk to preach each of the liturgies, which is kind of helpful for us to stay engaged. Um, so that's Holy Thursday. Good Friday, um, we try to keep total silence. Um, all the meals are in silence. So we still have each of our meals. Um, even if they're, even if you come in, you're not eating anything, even if for breakfast, if you're like, you still come in, maybe sit there and just have some water and, um, total silence. Um, and then, uh, we have, uh, the liturgy of the Lord's passion. I'm looking at the schedule here on my phone. Right. So we have this whole schedule that we print out and all the monks like check and see what time everything is. So we do that in the afternoon, like any other parish would. And then more often than not, we have, I don't think we have it this year for whatever reason, but we have uh, a Tenebrae service. Do you guys ever have one of those? Um, so we try to do that as well. Explain for our listeners in case they haven't heard of Tenebrae, because I, I wanted to do it this year, but it just because of COVID and things, we can't. Yeah. Well, I, I'll explain the best I have seen it, and then you can fill in the gaps. Um, so a Tenebrae service happens in the evening of, uh, in this case, in Good Friday. Um, so it's as if like Jesus has died already, right? And we're like, well, gosh, what was it like? for everybody, uh, for the apostles and stuff after Jesus had already died that evening. Um, and uh, it's it's a service where you come in and it's already kind of dim, the lights, but there's like a candelabra on the altar. And there's different readings and psalms that are chanted. It's a very simple service, just more like liturgy of the word. Yeah. And after each reading is chanted about, you know, something that has to do with Good Friday, then uh, some of the lights are dimmed more and a candle is lit on the candelabra until finally uh, it's completely dark in the church. Or I, the, the candles get yes. extinguished. That's right. Not yeah. lit. They get extinguished yeah. so that the whole church is completely dark. And then everyone leaves in complete silence and darkness as if like, wow, like what yeah. do we do now? Leading into the silence of Holy Saturday. And are you guys, you guys are doing that this year? At the monastery, um, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the schedule. Um, I don't see it on here, but that's I don't know because of COVID slash we have new guys in charge. We're kind of switching some things around, but generally we've had it every year. I've been I've been in the monastery. Yeah, I, Father Larry Richards usually does it at St. Joseph's Church in Erie. It's a very beautiful, and there's a lot of churches that do it. Um, they've done it at our cathedral in Erie in the past, but right now our cathedral's under such um, restoration. I mean, it, the, we went there, um, side note too, because um, 
you know, because of COVID, there's a lot of things we can't do. And um, one thing that really starts off the entire Triduum, I know it really means the last three services, uh, you know, Holy Thursday evening, Good Friday, and then the usually the Easter Vigil. Um, but for for us priests, you know, and once you become a priest, it really starts for us um, at our Chrism Mass, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so uh, the Diocese of Greensburg, which where the monastery is at, uh, does their uh, Chrism Mass actually on Holy Thursday in the morning, just like Rome does and like the rest of the world we're supposed to. But uh, we've been given permission to do it al- other times too. So in our diocese, the Diocese of Erie, um, we have it on Monday of Holy Week. And so we had that yesterday. Uh, once again, breaking the fourth wall here for everybody. But we had ours yesterday, um, Monday the 29th. And, um, but our cathedral's under such restoration that it was only for the priests. So we can't really fit many people in there. But they've done the Tenebrae service. It's just a very moving and beautiful um, experience. You know, the Good Friday liturgy, absolutely beautiful liturgy, one of my favorites. But um, being able to experience Tenebrae and it, it done well and done correctly, a lot of places think it's just the Stations of the Cross um, done by candlelight, but yeah, there's so much more to it. Um, sometimes when you're going through it, you're going through the uh, 13 out of the 14 stations, or is it the 15th? Uh, four, uh, 14 stations um, in candlelight, but it goes so much deeper than that when you're doing the readings and you're hearing about um, what's going on. And finally, the last candles extinguished when Christ dies upon the cross and is taken down. And it's just, it's a very moving experience in my experience of it. Yeah, and, and generally we have a big choir that also like helps sing. So yeah. it's really like striking because you're in complete, wow. you're you're like in increasing darkness, but you hear this, you know, like and in the, the Gregorian, yeah, that Gregorian chant that we would sing. Um, yeah. I remember practicing it with Father Cyprian a few times just because he needed some voices, and uh, I just remember it being some very moving hymns and yeah. um, psalmody. Well, here's maybe a practical tip for anyone that wants to like enter into. A little bit deeper prayer a beautiful way to pray even at home is you know go to a room where you can just have complete darkness and just light one candle yeah and either sit in silence or put on some some like just good music that'll help you enter in and like man it's just it's very interesting to to pray that way at home so give it a shot also andy uh father andy you said something about the um the uh, chrism mass yeah um can you share what the bishop does when he yeah. breathes yeah, I think that's pretty that's neat. So, it's so powerful. So for anybody that's never heard of the Chrism Mass, is a special mass that is celebrating during Holy Week. Now, like I had alluded to, it's usually done on Holy Thursday morning. And it's when all the priests of the diocese are meant to gather together at Mass with the bishop. And at this Mass, first, um, after the homily, the priests renew their promises uh, we knew our pro- renew our promises to the bishop and to our promises of celibacy, to prayer, and all of those. Um, and then after that, the oils are blessed. So we have the oil of the sick, which is what we use when we are anointing people as they are dying or are going in for surgery or, or ill of any type. We have the oil of the catechumens, which is what people are anointed with before as they're going through the process of enrollment and uh, during the baptismal ritual uh, for infants, we do it at the beginning. And then finally, the oil of chrism. 
And the oil of chrism is the one that we use for many different things. We use it for the baptism ritual. We anoint the crown of the head, priest, prophet, and king. We anoint the priest's hands. We anoint the forehead at confirmation. We anoint the bishop's crown of his head at his consecration. We uh, anoint chalices and any vessels that are going to hold the blessed sacrament. We anoint the walls of our churches with this chrism oil. We anoint altars and uh, really heavily anoint altars with the chrism oil. So this chrism oil is extremely important. And for us, it holds a lot of significance because it holds within it not just the anointing, right? So when we have an anointing, it's the healing powers, but it also holds in it some um, extremely important uh, spices and aromas that remind us of the heavenly aromas and the smell that is, uh, we believe is uh, surrounding us in heaven. And then it also um, is like uh, you mentioned, brother, is that it holds even more because it's not just blessed, it's consecrated. And in the consecration prayer, just like when we pray at Mass uh, before the um, consecration of the Eucharist, the priest places his hands, extends his hands over the uh, gifts at Mass. He, The bishop places his hands over the oil, and all the priests present extend their hands and uh, pray over the oil. But then this very special moment that you were talking about, the bishop blows on it three times in the sign of a cross. And it's calling down of the spirit, that epiclesis. That's what that means, epiclesis, calling down of the spirit. And calling down the spirit upon this oil and asking God to make it something even more more uh, efficacious, more um, beautiful than just it is with the smell of the um, yeah. perfume. Uh, it, it, you know, it imparts a special uh, sign and a seal of the Holy Spirit on anything that it is blessed with. Well, and the cool thing is, it's um, you know we read in the uh, in the resurrection account yeah. that when Jesus came to visit after he was resurrected, came to visit his apostles, he it says breathed. he breathed on them. Like, yeah. well, that's kind of weird. But then you realize, oh, in this apostolic line, then the oil that is used yes. to bring down the Holy Spirit at confirmation was breathed on by yeah. the apostles who are now the bishops. So it's like, man, yeah. this is really like, it's just really beautiful. Yeah. Who, now, a uh, little bit of trivia f- for our listeners as well as you, Brother Barnabas. Do you remember from Canon Law? Who can uh, who can bless the oil of the sick? Who has the authority to bless to make the oil of the sick? Um, is it any priest? That is correct. Any priest in need can bless oil for the oil of the sick. But who can bless and consecrate the chrism? The bishop. Only the bishop. That's right. And so that's important because it sets it aside. You know, if I am out at a nursing home or at a hospital and I don't have oil on me, if I can find olive oil, I can bless it right there. Uh, And that's just from the fact that I've been. I can't. You want to know something funny? Yeah. This has to do do with what you can bless, what people can bless. Oh, yeah. Deacons, right? So I'm about to become a deacon. That's right. AJ is now Deacon AJ. Well, I asked my teacher in deacon prep class, I said, so like, what can deacons actually bless? And he, la- he looks at me and he goes, well, you want to know what canon law says about this? Sure. He goes, canon law says that deacons can bless that which is appropriate for deacons to bless. Yeah. <laughs> like, which, what? 
It's like, what, is what does that, that mean? <laughs> it's nice. No, we had a list. Nothing. Yeah. Well, there are certain things that, of course, deacons can bless. And we, we you know, the deacon can give the final blessing at Vespers and um, other services. But really, the blessing is reserved for the priest for the fact that the priest's hands have been consecrated. Right. So, right. you know, it's it, it's interesting in that fact, because, yeah, deacons can bless. But really, the priest's blessing is the one that's the most efficacious. Right. It's just funny how the church kind of says, like, oh, it's yeah. like a parent that says, like, oh, yeah, like, you can bless whatever it is that you're allowed to bless. But back to the back to the so the charism and stuff. It's yeah. just all the symbolism that we see is very beautiful. And yeah. um, you know, if you watch, pay close attention even to the movements within the mass. Like for instance, you know, so we go through um, Good Friday at the monastery. We do all that, and it's complete dark. Then Saturday is really like a beautiful but silent kind of day, yeah. um, where we still, as monks, have our office together. And each one of the offices during Holy Week particularly Friday, Saturday, uh, we start by a knock instead of any bells. Yep. And then we kneel in total silence yeah. until the abbot stands and we begin whatever chant we're going to do. So it's like recognizing like there's something different about this day. Yeah. So once we get to Saturday though, even stuff like when we have a fire in the church, which is cool, way in the back. Yep. And then we process forward, you know, that the light of Christ is coming you know into the world and um just the beauty of, of the resurrection so and it's neat at saint vincent because the whole place is so dark we have yeah. monks walking around like you can't see us because we're in our black robes yeah. and we're like lighting candles and doing stuff so that's a really neat um uh easter vigil uh and this year would be kind of neat because i'll be doing double duty or uh, trying to figure it out because we're also have students on campus this easter because of covid we did, got rid of like spring break and easter break right. um so they have Good Friday off, but we're going to have to do services in our chapel, like masses in our chapel, wow. too. So that's That'll the first time we've done Easter Vigil. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to do the Easter Vigil there instead of uh, yes, sir. inviting them over? Oh, that, wow, that's going to be yeah. That'll our be Our campus awesome. minister just asked me to make a fire. I was like, yes, sir, I can make a fire outside the chapel. That's All awesome. Right. So nice. anyway, that, that'll be fun. And then Sunday is a really beautiful day. We get up early, and then we have tons of alleluias. Yeah. and the church is filled with flowers and the monks, we have this thing. This will be the last thing of monk stuff. Uh, we have this tradition. You guys ready for this? All right, go ahead. Share this podcast with your friends right now so they can hear this. We have this tradition in the monastery of this dessert called lamb cakes. Yes. Lamb cakes. Yep. Now you might be thinking, is that a cake made out of lamb? No, no, it's a, it's a cake shaped like a lamb seriously yeah. so it's like sitting there with a little head and everything else it's it's awesome yeah it's a very german tradition it's hmm. the, oh yeah it's the richest type of i can't even eat a whole piece of it because it's so like sugary and rich it's a very um, dense white cake but it's it's one of my favorites you guys always like chopping the heads off and yep <laughs> so yeah of easter course. and the tridum is is a really beautiful time and it was really unique last year because we were by ourselves because no one could come. Right. So that was actually really profound because normally we are also mindful of everyone that are coming to our masses and stuff. But uh, because it was just us last year, it was very interesting. But this year we're going to have people back, which is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, I was talking in my homily on Palm Sunday about the fact that that was it was it was good to be back in a church with people because last year I celebrated it alone in my rectory celebrating mass in my chapel in the house you know it was so weird to be completely alone 
um, talking into a camera, but still, you know, having hundreds of people there with me. And so, yeah, it, it was nice to be back in a church with those hundreds of people in church, but weird, weird because I mean, this is, that was the second time as a priest out of my three years of priesthood that I have been able to be with people in a church. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that was just a year ago. You, you know, you did all those masses live stream every single day, you know, yeah, yeah, just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're moving on. Hopefully it was a very long Lent. And, you know, I said to people as well in my homily for Palm Sunday, it was a very long Lent. It wasn't just a Lent of 40 days as a Lent of 360 plus, you know, it, it went on forever. And finally we're coming to the end of a year of Lent. And I hope and pray that that, year of Lent has brought us to um, a greater place of prayer and a greater place of peace in our life with Christ. Um, well, we're going to be in we'll, the turmoil. We'll be talking a little bit about that. I think next week. Yes. Um, yes. With unfortunately, um, you know, church attendance has dropped, not just attendance, but people who have uh, identified as, as Christian has really dropped uh, a significant amount since, um, 1999, I think it was like 72% of people identified yeah. as, as, or at least going to church worshiping, I think is really what it comes down to. And now only 40%. So we're going to go into that a little bit next week, but I don't want to belabor that too much, but uh, you guys can tune in next week if you want to hear about that discussion. Well, here's maybe, here's maybe a, um, a little spiritual thought that would be a cool thing to set the tone for that discussion next week, right? Because I'm sure that'll be a very like interesting discussion statistically and everything else like what's going on but spiritually I, there's something i want to share about easter i think that it's pretty helpful to think about yeah that might relate to this so i've talked to uh i was just talking to a student yesterday who said that covid was actually a very beautiful opportunity to grow in his faith yeah and i was like really like it's really taken a toll on a lot of people I said what was it that he goes you know it was just like you know i was watching mass on you know like a living room on my computer or whatever and it was like all the other things that I'm used to at Sunday Mass weren't there. I was able to just really focus on like what was going on. And, you know, I, that's why I often encourage students here to go to daily Mass, right? Not necessarily just to go to more Mass, but to go to Mass where there's like less distractions. And you're like, oh. And I think that um, um, the, when we can kind of even identify, like you're saying, Vince, not just as uh, somebody that goes to church or somebody that's a Christian, but somebody that like I myself particularly am a Christian or am a Catholic. And then what does that mean? Well, I think that we need to spiritually begin to identify the particular love that Jesus has for us. Now, I want to share a quick little story to explain, what, you know, how do we do that? So one of our monks here, um, he, he shared a story with me that whenever he was a younger monk, he was working in the college and he had a, a kid that was very like, he, just one of those thinkers that's like wondering about everything. And he said, hey brother, why did Jesus, um, why did he come when he did at the history of time that he did? And uh, you know, he could have come of any time of history. Why did he come then? And the, and the monk was like, well, well, you know, and he was thinking about all those theology classes. Like, well, I think, he came as soon as he could in the fullness of time. And that would have been this and, you know, whatever, like all this type of stuff. And the guy and the kid was like, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think about it. So then like a year later, a year later, this kid comes back 
to the to the monk and it's like, hey brother, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? Why that? Why was that the way he had to die? And the monk and the monk was like, oh well, you know, in the time in which he lived, that was like the worst Roman crucifixion, blah blah blah, blah. you know, all this type of theological stuff. Like for sure, you know, that's great. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Um. So then the guy came back like a whole year later, months later, and said, uh, hey, brother, I think I have an idea of why Jesus had to come at the time that he did and why he had to die on the cross. And the, and the, the monk was like, oh, okay, well, what's your idea? He goes, I've been thinking about it. And he goes, well, you remember the whole story in the Passion with the good thief? And the monk said, yeah. He goes, well, maybe Jesus came at that time of history and chose to die on the cross that day just so that he could meet the good thief at that moment and give him the words, today you will be with me in paradise. And the monk was like, wow, I never considered that. Now, of course, Jesus came to save each and every one of us. But when we hear that, it kind of just goes over our head. But if we said, Jesus came solely to save the good thief on that day. And the whole Old Testament was written just to get to that point and everything afterward. It would hit you pretty profoundly. Imagine this. Imagine that nobody else fell. Nobody else had sinned except for you. And that Jesus still chose to have this whole Holy Week. And the whole thing happened just like it did, just to save you. I think that's the particular love thing that we need to recognize when we pray, especially this Holy Week. Is that like, man, it really is true that Jesus did this just for us and would have done it if we had been the only one to have sinned. So anyway, that's kind of a fun thought to pray with. I really like that. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm stealing that for my Good Friday homily. Good to go, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course, like... Uh, we can explain more theology, but like we need to start speaking. You know, I was, we had a retreat this past weekend and one of the talks, uh, the speaker, he said, you know, I think once a day we need to at least put ourselves in a situation where we could potentially be brought to tears. And I think like we live in a world where just like all this kind of like whatever, just going, going with the flow. But if you sit in the silence long enough and you consider, man, what is the particular love that Jesus has for me? Uh, during this triduum, I think that could potentially bring us to tears. And that's how St. Benedict even tells his monks to pray. It shouldn't be long-winded and crazy, you know? So, Father, keep your homily short. It should be short to the point of tears, potentially. I'm going to use that. I like that. I like that a lot. So you've you've given me my Good Friday, maybe even Holy Thursday homily. It all depends. All right. I want some royalties, bro. Uh, Well... We'll have to fight Facebook and uh, Twitch and everywhere for that. Priests don't get paid a whole lot from from what I hear. Although it seems like Father Andy's living in a mansion because every time we're on, he's in a different location. I'm thinking it's a different well, room now, of his mansion. Now, now. I don't know what the like rectories said, look like there, but. This is my parents' house. Yeah. You know, listen, I, listen, listen. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Linda, Linda. I know we talked about needing to be friendly for not like just for people that are listening so that we're not talking about things that are visual, but there is something behind Father Andy right now. It's like a mannequin with like a, a, <laughs> well, yeah. with like a investment on it. And earlier, like your dog ran into it. It was moving. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, the mannequin became alive. Well, I'm sitting in, tonight I'm sitting in my parents' house and specifically um, I have a computer in my mother's um, 
I guess you'd call it a studio where she does all of her vestments. Yeah, you see it. It's moving, it's moving. right now because the moving. window's open. Yeah, okay. um, it's a beautiful night, by the way. It's 68 degrees over here in Harbor Creek. And so I have the window open. But yeah, so that's the green chasuble my mother's working for me right now. She she got this designer head where it's green on the outside and silver on the inside. Um, yeah, it's really reversible, nice. it's, huh? No, 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 not reversible. It's just lined. Um, we line uh, all the chasuble she's made for me. She lines, and it, this is a really nice one. But um, so I'm sitting in my mother's studio as we record this. Other times I'm in the rectory at St. Mary's in Meadville, and other times still now it's it's el- elsewhere because I can take my laptop and pretty much do it anywhere. So I guess you're saying no, you're it's a, not a mansion. You're a busy guy. I get it. All right. Maybe it's all the right. spiritual mansion. I'm in all the different spiritual mansions. There you go. Right. So many different homes. <laughs> constantly moving well hey if you're listening to this and you're looking for some triduum services i have all of the triduum services out in guys mills pennsylvania at saint hippolyte parish french town so everybody's welcome out there uh if you're hearing this during holy week so otherwise uh make sure you get to your parish if you are able to and feel safe to uh and check your parish website for the triduum services it's a beautiful beautiful three days I really encourage everybody to get out to all three days, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil. If you've never been to the Easter Vigil, it's a beautiful, beautiful service. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, guys, thank you for coming on tonight. Um, you guys are both strangers to the podcast now. So well, I'm going to go to bed now. Yeah, I guess they try not to keep it that way. And, uh, and Brother Barnabas, thank you so much for giving us an insight of um, – of Holy Week and Easter in the monastic lifestyle. That's that's pretty cool. Sure. Pretty cool. So yeah. I hope everybody has a very happy Easter. And this week, I'm not going to tell you to subscribe and do all that stuff because I know that you're going to do that yourself. I'm going to tell you, make sure you subscribe and uh, tell your friends about the podcast and uh, find us anywhere that you possibly can. EncounterMercy.com. No shame. All right. No. Everybody have a happy Easter. One, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>